You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey, but we want to reach this out to a wider audience, and doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host Pierce, live from Montreal at the Sheraton Hotel, joined with my good co-host Schmitty, but we have a very special guest today. Um, we have the wonderful Emily Kaplan of ESPN. How's it going, Emily? It's going really great. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, firstly, you have dope shoes on, Pierce. Thank you. Those are real. I, I'm sorry, I'm just noticing them now. They're pretty cool. Those are fire. Um, but I'm good. I'm waiting for this coffee to hit these weekends. Okay. Are, always really overwhelming and there's so much to do and um the coffee's just starting to hit now so you'll see me perk up as this goes along what time did you get up today um i got up at i you know what i don't think the details are important <laughs> it was a late it was a late night and it was an early start oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be like a, a weekend movie and i'm building pounds an hour almost correct it's gonna, you know blink it's gonna be saturday but yeah. um so before we get into the questions how has montreal been so far and the biggest question is have you tried any of the montreal people Okay, I've been so busy that I haven't had time to go and, like, find out the spots. And I know as a bagel snob and a self-professed bagel snob, you can't just, like, go to any spot. Um, you have to go to these spots. So my goal today is to potentially find time, but I have left time tomorrow. So other than that, Montreal's been awesome. I've never – I've been here when I was a kid, not since, like, as an adult. And it's such a beautiful city, such cool people, cool food, cool bars. So I'm loving it. Oh, yeah. I've never been on an airplane before. It was my first time going oh. on an airplane. So – but it couldn't have been a better place or a better time just being at the draft. So we're really glad to have you. And originally we were supposed to do it yesterday, but you said you had some interviews with prospects. And how did that go? Who did you interview? And uh, what were some uh, anecdotes that you got from that? I actually was in interviews with prospects yesterday. So oh. I don't want to miss it. I literally just had hits and talking to GMs yeah. and agents. Um, but these prospects, and I've gotten to know them personally, I find it interesting in talking to some of them over the last several weeks is that we're seeing the shift in culture where these kids are electric personalities. Like some of them are still the, you know, coach hockey speak. And I think Shane Wright kind of says that. He's very popular. You got to get pucks in people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, some of these kids just aren't afraid to be themselves. And I think that's really exciting. Oh, yeah. So I even say they're, they're, they're true to their authentic sense. There you yeah. go. Oh, yeah. It, and it's something that this league desperately needs. I mean, the fact that we could have just these many personable, marketable talents coming up, it's just going to be so good for the younger audience. Because, like, I look at guys like Matt Savoy who just, like, 
radiates skill, and he's got a personality to go with him also. So it's like that's so funny you say that because he was one of the first guys I met. I met him in Denver uh, during the Stanley Cup final amongst mm-hmm. some of the other top prospects, and he just stuck out. And I was just like, wow, this kid's <laughs> gonna get some endorsement deals. Oh, yeah. He was confident. Oh yeah, and like you said, it's something that this league needs because. I feel like we slowly kind of crept into it. Like, Matthews has kind of been, like, the first younger yeah. talent to really start to show his personality. But, like, man, if we could get some of these kids to start doing it every year, it's just going to be a giant, like you said, giant culture shift and be great for the sport, honestly. Um, I just had a personal question about the playoffs because, like, obviously you were on the ice for almost every ESPN game. What was kind of, like, a daily process for, like, preparing for those games and maybe, like, getting the questions ready for um, your – like, um, I guess, like, post-commercial interviews and whatnot. Yeah. Like, really what the process was. For sure. I mean, it begins at morning skate, right? So you go to morning skate, and you see what's going on on the ice, and the best thing that happens when you're on a broadcast is you get these coaches meetings yes. where you get to go and meet with the coaches. You know, for the first three rounds, it was just our broadcast team. In the final round, it was the other uh, media rights partners in Canada as well, and they would tell you stuff off the record, on background of what was really going on and how to talk about their team. And that was so valuable to me. Because I felt like it gave me a different eye of what to look for, what the coaches know and what they don't know. Um, you know, during the day, sometimes they'd make calls, sometimes they'd watch the tape. By the time that the, the playoffs got to like the final round, we're following what series. Like, you don't need to watch the, like, your prep is covering the last game, yeah. and that's it. And as for the questions, like, I really didn't think of them too far ahead of time. In fact, like, usually just like a couple seconds as I'm staying there waiting for the guys because I want to be, I think. The purpose of that role is to get real-time information of what's going on. So I want to react to how they played in that last period, what was going on. And so that's my prep, and that was kind of a day. They all blurred together. It was a grind. It was a lot, but I would not trade it for the world because it was the sickest experience. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, like, it's, it's you definitely uh, get to interview some characters mid-game. Like, when you guys were working the Eastern Conference Final, every time you interviewed Galan, I was like, Galan just doesn't want to talk, I feel like. It was amazing because, again, like, in these coaches' meetings, he's so pleasant and yeah. lovely, and he just doesn't say anything <laughs> in the media. And he's just a really awesome dude, but just, you know, all guys are different, and Anyway, so it was kind of the challenge to try to get something out of him. Try. Um, get, he, get past that layer. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he would only say it with a smile, but never say anything. <laughs> it's always great. I just, it's always the best coaches seem to have that knack of having just a lot of nothing to say. Correct. Correct. Like, uh, I know Bruce Cassidy is a really big one like that. Um, What's the thing? They're good at saying nothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and kind of like to that, that to the point of that question to piggyback off this idea, um, what was it like, uh, like being on TV more? Because you're pretty much a writer, like a writer on ESPN, but now this season you took like a big step uh, being on TV. So how was that like? Um, it was interesting, to be quite honest with you. It's not something that I prepared for or knew how to prepare for, and I'm not sure you really can. Yeah. Um, you're kind of just thrust into it. Um, the visibility aspect was just kind of weird to make. Uh, you know, I mean, by the finals, we were having 4.5 million people watch our games. And being in the cities where those games are happening, um, that was really strange. Uh, that's Shane Wright's agent. He's the guy that knows some information. Um, <laughs> or doesn't know information. In fact, at that point yeah. yesterday, he told me we really don't know. Um, anyway, so that was kind of just uh, a bit of a struggle for me, honestly. It was being in public and saying like, oh, people know who I am, or they think they know who I am because they see me on TV, but they really don't. And being in public places and people taking photos or staring at me, that was strange. Um, And then just adjusting to the nature of TV, because I'm a writer and I like 
putting all my nuance out there and getting all of my words out there. And I would get 20 second spots. And I'm like, how do you tell a story in 20 seconds? You have to be so economical. It's so on the fly. Oh, yeah. So on the They're fly. Very calculated. Yes. <laughs> and it's in the middle of a game a lot of times. The last thing I want to do is talk over game action and you know, rob the viewer of an experience with goal. So that was all an adjustment. But in TV, they tell you it's all about reps. And really in anything in life, it's all about reps. So the more I did it, the more comfortable I got. And then I knew next year, if I did it again, I'd be a lot more comfortable. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, I got to imagine, like, the shift from, like, ESPN to NBC Sports is probably just a big change for everyone in yeah. the industry. Yeah. So it wasn't like you were on your own, kind of. But like you said, like, this is definitely going to get easier. And I bet, like, once the playoffs came, you're like, all right, I got this. Let's just yeah. let's go to morning skate and get this done. <laughs> um, exactly. Was that Kevin Schiller? No, but it looks just like I literally, that. Literally, looks exactly like I'm only going to That is a man named Dave Fisher yeah. who works for USA Hockey. Oh, but okay, he's okay. Kevin Table Day Off's so doppelganger, and we'll gotcha. let him know after. <laughs> nice. Um, so I guess going, like, because you've had the ability or, or um, you know, pleasure to cover a lot of teams in this league. Is there a specific team that you find that you uh, maybe favor covering at times, or is it just kind of you choose pick and choose this? Yeah, for me, I root for stories. I root for people. And so I don't know if there's one team, but, like, there's guys on certain teams or stories on certain teams, and I want to see those come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Um, So without calling anyone out, like, there were really – and also just teams that were easy to work with, that would give access, that weren't difficult to say, no, this person can't talk. Um, So it kind of ebbs and flows. I would say on every team, I feel like there's at least one great story or – one person that I've gotten to meet, I'm like, wow, I just want to see that person succeed. Um, and there's a couple people in every team where I'm like, man, I don't really have time for you. <laughs> it's not how it always is, though. I've heard, yeah, I've heard many stories in the media where it's like, yeah, you definitely have the guys you like and the guys that uh, exactly going to get an interview with, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I um, I just like, I guess I had a question about. Um, so you were covering the draft last year in Columbus, and um, I, I guess to make it a little more personal, big Blackhawk fans, obviously. So like you were one of the pivotal people to break the Seth Jones trade. I was just curious as maybe how that process works when like a big blockbuster trade like that, you're just hearing that come through the line and um, you maybe get, like in your case, you were like the first to break it. So what's yeah. that kind of like? So news breaking is interesting. Um, it's hard. And I don't know if it's something that I necessarily want to be a full-time news breaker. And like, I'm literally staring at Darren Drager right now and he's, walking down an escalator on his phone and that's how you do it right yeah. it's non-stop and it's a full-on grind and he's probably working on 10 different things that he's been working on for months and so for me because i have so many different roles at espn like when i break news i kind of have to pick my spots mm-hmm. so that one was one where um i knew i was going to be in columbus i knew there's a possibility seth was going to be traded and so i for a couple weeks um was really sure that i was on it so i was all parties involved right so seth agents the people that I knew in the Blue Jackets organization. People, there was two or three teams that I had an idea that he probably could go to, one with the Blackhawks, making sure I was in touch with them, and like hounding them all day. What are you hearing? Like me texting you, like, <laughs> when, when are we going to do the podcast? Exactly. That was what it would be like. It was persistence, yeah. though, and that's what it takes, honestly. And so, like, just to break one trade, I probably sent off 20 texts, 20 phone calls for asking people. It was and that I did crazy it. for my end. Yeah, no, 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 100%. <laughs> you were respectful, Pass, which is my favorite phrase. Um, but yes, but that was what, you know, and that's why I like, so tonight, like, for example, I have a couple, again, where I'm like, I'll pick and choose my spots of ones that I think I can break and work on, but there's people who do this nonstop and have been working on these trades for the last, honestly, six months. And for me, the last two months, I was taken away just covering the playoffs every day. Like, it's you only have so much bandwidth. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, honestly, like, 
especially with this offseason, it feels like everyone's trying to beat every other insider to the punch to the point to where they're starting to correct themselves now. I know. Like, the Black Fox coach got announced by weeks, and then it wasn't Huska. So then everyone had to double down and say it wasn't, and then it ended up being Richardson. So, like, I could just see how much of a competitive like, It's so competitive, and it's challenging, and it's also, like, kind of a thankless job to be a newsbreaker because you put in all this effort and maybe you get glory for, like, a couple minutes on Twitter, and then it becomes official and cares. Yeah. Um, so... It's an past now. Well, all, yeah. I, all I can say now. is we definitely cared when you tore the Seth Jones deal because we were like, all right, what's Emily saying? She's been on top of this all day. And then you go, and then you got the free trade and the Johnson trade too. No, like, I had some connections in the Blackhawks uh, front <laughs> office that year. Yeah, <laughs> we could definitely tell. We were like, we're definitely keeping an eye on what Emily has to yeah. say. So tonight, for example, we'd like to see where Alex DeBrinket will end up, and we're working on it. But I also know there's a lot of people working on it, and we'll see where it goes. I, that's one of those trades where it's like, if it happens, it happens. But Closer we get, I'm like, if Philly doesn't want to get the fifth overall pick, if Yersel doesn't want to get the second overall pick, this trade's not happening. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's not happening. And, like, Ottawa won't give up seven for him. No. Even though they say they will. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, you've probably heard, like, a million different, like, rumors of what could happen today. Like, I think they're, if they're going to trade him, it's going to be, like, if they're going to trade him, it's either going to be today or they're not going to trade him at all. I feel like I feel like they're going to try to keep him after, like, if they don't find a deal. Because I, I feel like they really want to get the first round. You just got to get the fan base clarity with the Brinkett. Because yeah. if they keep him, they got to extend him. Because yeah. you, you can't dangle your best asset over your fan base like that. Yeah. It's like, I'm talking like casual fans. They're like, I don't want to spend tickets on this team if he's gone. It's and I'm tough. just like, you know, we need to start figuring that it's out. Tough. I would say this. From what I know, I think we've gotten to the point where what Kyle wants to do, Charles Davis is the GM, and what the directive is, is rebuild. And I think they envision having a team of 21-year-olds over the next year or two and alex said not that he doesn't fit into that plan but it's not quite the same timeline and they'll only get rid of him because he's such a valuable player if he asks if what the return is is so much and kind of you know we saw what they got for brandon hagel then some um and i would say this we're at the point now where the people who are stepping up to the table have pretty significant offers and i think it's an inevitability okay no, and that's and that's fine. I obviously like we're all for the rebuild idea, and like if anything, it's nice to have a sense of direction for the organization. Because yeah, because it's been to be honest, twelve months ago they thought they were gonna years, be in the playoffs yeah. for what they were yeah, trying to do. Correct. So, um, I just maybe just a question, just for like when you're talking to all these teams or whatnot, like how different does like just you know like uh, the Blackhawks kind of set on a rebuild this season, but you know everything changes every year. Like how often do you hear teams maybe change their plans? over the course of the season or like you just hear like oh maybe they're gonna sell this guy but now they're gonna extend it it's a great question it's often and i think um, situations can be really fluid and you never really know how the season's gonna pan out i think there's a lot of people uh, or a lot of teams rather who are you um who start sorry it's so hard to say <laughs> yeah, the lobby. you just see people come by yeah, and you're okay. like, blah, blah, blah. i've been pretty distracted like like, so so like, like, is that an nhl like, yeah exactly like, yeah. and it very well could be because yeah. that's the other thing about this event is like if you like hockey like Everyone is here. Literally oh, yeah. everyone. Oh, I mean, I, I was on the flight to Danny Ward's yeah. last night from Chicago. Awesome. So. We love. Like. Um, but yeah. Anyway, the point being, I think a lot of teams begin the season. They think they know where they're going to go, and then maybe go somewhere else. And a player outperforms, or a player underperforms. So it is fluid. Typically, they like to stay on a track. Um, but I do think that teams see their timelines changing, season to season, and even within season. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, what are some teams that you're interested to see ahead of the draft and at free agency? Like, literally just list off any teams that, like, that, that intrigue you. Like, it yeah, doesn't even like, have to be, like, anything you've heard. Just like, oh, yeah, I'm just curious. Just like, yeah. I'm curious about the New Jersey Devils. I really am. Um, I think that 
they need a goalie. They're aggressively going after goalie. I wouldn't be shocked if they get a goalie today via a trade, perhaps. Um, and they just look like they're young and they're rebuilding, but they know they need to be more competitive. And what I've heard is that they're not afraid to spend. So I think that's a team that over free agency and this trade could be kind of interesting. Um, the Blackhawks are obviously interesting seeing, you know, I think get some clarity on Dubrincic. I'm not sure we're going to get clarity on Kane and Taze in the next couple of days. They got to move their own moves, Right. However, this will speed up the process. Yes. And however, that could happen in the next year or so. Yeah. And that's something that I would keep an eye on. Um, the LA Kings are a team that's ready to take a jump. And, you know, they obviously already made that Fiala trade. But I don't think they're done yet. I think they could be quite interesting. Um, honestly. I could keep going and going. I feel like every team is is kind of interesting right now in standing mm-hmm. The only team that really made their big moves already, I would say, would be the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Ryan Thunder trade and doing it. But I talked to Julian Reesball yesterday, and they, obviously the goal for them is to resign Andre Pilat. He's like, we'll know in the next – I think he said, you'll know before free agency day whether we're going to resign him or not. And if not, then they get someone, and maybe it's not a huge splash, it's not a huge cap hit, but – They've already come clarified their plans. I've been joking with Pierce that if they don't bring back Pilat, Bill Kessel should go to Tampa. Hundred <laughs> percent. Because he's being wasted in Arizona, and like he got like fifty assists on books in Arizona. Tampa can put that to use. He can get sixty points. I like that. We'll see if it happens. I like that fit. Oh, oh yeah. My laptop um, just died, and then a bunch of people walked by, and we got distracted. But you know what? I I don't want to keep that in because it was cool, like hearing people and yeah, we'll yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Natural sounds. Yeah. Of the NHL draft. The authenticity. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, I don't even know where we left off. We were talking about yeah. like teams Edmonton was excited for. Yeah. Yes. And you heard them all there. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe like uh, just like so last year was like the first draft ESPN had in a while. What's maybe different going into this year as in terms of last year Columbus? Yeah. Well, last year honestly, and that's what if you keep this conversation and Dave Fisher just asked me like, are you taking sports and feed and. We co-produced it with NHL Network. It was our first event since getting the rights. And again, I was the only one that they sent it was part of it. And so that was kind of weird. Like we had some people at NHL Network Studios. It's kind of uh, this is our first full event and we're doing it and it's great. I'm the only one on site. A lot of our productions out of Bristol. Mm-hmm. Next year I think we're gonna have a very much bigger presence. Also just being more to the border and so with some COVID restrictions, I think it was hard for us to kind of plan ahead like that. Um, and next year it'll be in the States, so it'll be a very big production for ESPN. Is the draft going to be in the States next year? Do you know? 98% sure. Oh, good. Gotcha. <laughs> I was hoping it kind of come to Edmonton, but maybe another year. Edmonton but, gets yeah. enough of that. You've had every World Series <laughs> that the last, is, like, 10 yeah, years. That's, that's a World Series. We, we, we get the, I think we get the Holinka every second year, and then when the, and then it like goes to Europe, then it goes back to Edmonton. So I guess that's a good You got it. Yeah, you got it. Oh, man. Um, I guess maybe just like out of, like, obviously, like, the playoffs are fun to cover, the drafts are fun to cover. Like, yeah. is there a specific event throughout the calendar oh, year that. Good, how are you? Good. Is there a specific event during the calendar year that you look forward to every year to cover? Or is um is it kind of just like, oh, this game on the schedule will be fun to cover? Um, yeah, I mean, this year was like a year first, right, for mm-hmm. us and, and having the rights. And, like, I was super excited. Anytime there's something like going to Seattle Crack and opening up their building for the first time, like, that was when I circled. Events-wise, um, the All-Star Game is always a tentpole event for ESPN and our great rights deal. It's always, again, kind of like this. Every December, someone plays a little less or so because it's not for offices, but all the ages, all the just 
teams, players, all of that. It's always kind of fun to connect with everyone in the middle of the season. And then honestly, the draft is something I look forward to. Um, again, just the energy, especially this year being live again. And then in, Montreal, in Montreal. In Montreal. they have the first overall yeah. pick. And as you see, as distracted, I am just saying hi to everyone. Just it seems like um it's almost like a like a almost like first and last day of school type thing for the meet or the media and everything. It is. That's so funny you said like the last day of the Stanley Cup final was funny because like it literally felt like the yearbook. Everyone's like, have a great summer, don't change, stay in touch. Yeah, exactly. Um but then we see each other here. But yeah, after today everyone is after free agency, everyone is Goes to their cottage. Exactly. <laughs> it kicks off cottage season, um, and, and no one really will talk or see each other for a couple weeks. Well, honestly, I feel like you will definitely deserve that and have earned a couple months of yeah. solitude almost. Exactly. But it's like, um, I guess maybe just my one question would be just in terms of like working at ESPN, have they, um, I, this might be kind of personal, have they offered you any opportunities to work with other sports, or is it mainly just hockey when you work? Um, it's mainly been just hockey. Um, I have I had opportunities in the past. Um, I covered football before I came to uh, ESPN, so you know, I filled in for Bears coverage here and there, <laughs> and a couple things like that. I appear in shows like Around the Horn where I get to talk about other sports. Um, but I really, I think to master the hockey beat, I, I really just need to be immersed in it. And I don't know if I honestly have the bandwidth or interest <laughs> in uh, trying to dabble in other fields. Fair enough. I, I yeah. Man, you had to cover the Bears in an year. That must have been good. <laughs> yeah. But it was uh, like it was walking fun on trips to Bourbon A uh, <laughs> training camp. I remember that. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm just heard of the SPM. When? Uh, yeah. 2017, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. So five years now. I know. That's wild. Oh, that's that's really I feel like once you get past, like, 2015, everything just kind of felt like learned. It's like, oh, that's five years. That's like, five years since you go, he's your guy. We met on Twitter in 2018. And we're now seeing each other for the first time, person like almost five years now. That's so lovely. Yeah, I know. We love that. Yeah, it's like you know, it just started as a dumb Blackhawks group chat with my friends. Yeah, and like it's ironic because it started at probably the time when the Blackhawks started stinking. So it's yeah. like it's never. That's the power of the hockey community. Oh, honestly, it's it's a great, it's a beautiful thing. Um, what else? Yeah, I want to be honest. Like I drafts, free agency. I, I, my, my my main questions were just like. I guess, like, which teams you're looking forward to. But, like, I feel like every team, you could, like, go up through every team and be like, yeah, they can make this move or anything. Um, yeah, but, like, I guess what – I don't know if you know, but, like, what team do you think Alex Dillon could go to? Not necessarily saying, like, what, what team will he go to if you do have, like, some insider source on that. Uh, I honestly – a lot of teams. Who doesn't want a guy that, that is true? Twenty-four year old that gets forty. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a twice. I would think of the teams that are, are probably looking to add this year. Just generally, like the Philadelphia Flyers are a team that maybe uh, yeah. the Buffalo Sabres a team. Oh, maybe yeah. honestly, maybe the New Jersey Devils. I don't know why I'm coming up New Jersey so much. Mm-hmm. Now they're gonna have a really quiet couple. Weeks, <laughs> they're just but, gonna be like, we're just gonna yeah, sit here exactly. and do nothing. We're gonna trade out the first round. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but um. I'm going to have to run in a second, but I just want to say you guys are awesome, and I love your passion for the game, and you guys are rock stars, and this is what makes the hockey community special. It's like the fact that you guys can meet, we can do this together, that you reach out and come to an event like this, so I'm really glad that we got to connect. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Like We've been looking forward to this interview for weeks. Yeah. Yeah I, appreciate you ta- yeah, I appreciate you taking the time, and Seriously. I apologize if I was pestering you too no, much. No, you were fine. But I just felt bad because um, these events, as you can happen? see, that is Pete Blackburn. 
Let's go. Come on, come make a cameo, Hugh Blackburn. No, you want to make a cameo? Yeah, you want to show real quick? We can just do a handoff. Give me this. Roll right through. Yeah. This is the internet celebrity. PJS cast big fans of Hugh Blackburn. Awesome. Thank you very much. He also has dope shoes. Let's put it there. Yeah, you do. Yeah. They're pretty nice. Well, yeah, boys. yeah, I just want to say this. I think it's awesome, like what you've done to help grow the game. I just kind of came over here so they can compliment. Okay, <laughs> awesome. There we go. Should I slink away now? Well, yeah, again, like I think it's awesome what you've done to help to grow the game. Like, just even seeing you do the interviews when you're like interviewing someone from a different country and you say like goodbye in their language. I mean, a lot of it's on the players, but I also think like if reporters like do a job and do stuff like that, I think it, I think it really helps grow the game. And I think that any like young woman or growing up, even if they don't want to be in sports, like if they still want to be in sports reporting, they can look up to you and see that. So I'm like, it's really cool. It's awesome that how like you're getting the recognition you deserve, and it's it's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you guys for saying that. It's been a fun year. Keep oh, going. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, we'll let you go. We know you're a bit, very busy person. Hopefully, we can bump into you at the, the draft on the floor. 100%, yeah. And I can't wait till we upload this because there's going to be, as soon as we upload this, something's happening. Nothing, nothing's happened yet. Hey, oh, so nice to see you. I'm, I'm our What's big going? Source. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to go talk offline for a sec. Anyway, it was so nice to see you guys. Thank you so much. All Thank right. you for joining us. Okay, my pleasure. Good luck, boys. Thank you. See you.